Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're looking at this week's European summit in Brussels, where Brexit topped the agenda. Hello and welcome to the Justus Lipsius building in Brussels, where I, Alex Barker, the Brussels bureau chief of the Financial Times, were in the second day of an EU summit and the two big items of discussion at least have been Brexit and Italy's budget. I'm here with my colleague Mehreen Khan who is our EU correspondent has been reporting on the Brexit dinner last night and the discussions today with me and first of all it feels like at least on Brexit we've come away from this summit at least not having rocked the boat or made a mistake Things have gone to plan, but not much has changed. Theresa May came to explain in part why Brexit talks had reached a standstill, particularly over the Northern Irish border. There were no changes in the UK position that some EU leaders were expecting. There is, for that reason, not another special summit now arranged for November. That's been shelved as an idea. But we've had relatively conciliatory signals coming from the EU side as well as a degree of urgency and concern about the kind of pause we're seeing in negotiations. Marie, what did you uh, think of the dinner and how the two days have unfolded? I think by recent standards it was mercifully short and it took some people by surprise. And it wasn't a short, sharp, bad, but rather we've heard Theresa May, we've exchanged our own opinions and we've left. So I think it's been a useful moment of clarity and not another Salzburg, which is what some people were very, very keen to avoid. Yeah, and Salzburg was the summit that did go wrong and where there was a much more open public confrontation between the two sides. It really set back discussions for a little while. And here, in treading water, but aiming basically to make sure we can get back to the negotiating table in a week or two and make that final push and really confront the big political decisions that are still outstanding. Exactly. And I think May will probably go... She's still here and she will leave tomorrow because we are meeting Asian leaders on Thursday night and over Friday morning. But she had some warm words from her counterparts who seemed very sympathetic to her plight, who I think could probably put themselves in her shoes and realise the sort of sticky wicket that she's on. I think Mark Rutter said she's a tenacious political pro, a bit like he is. Um... (laughs) So, yeah, we've avoided the mistake. I think if there was a Salzburg moment, it probably happened for the Italian Prime Minister, ironically, because Italy didn't prove to be a huge flashpoint in the room, but actually when some leaders came out, they trashed the Italian Prime Minister and the stuff that he had to say in an and almost Salzburgian moment. And this is the on budget. the Italian budget. Yes, exactly. So we had a lunch session which was devoted to the Eurozone in which Giuseppe Conte, the Italian Prime Minister, who's a technocrat and not really of his governing coalition's parties, sort of gave a long justification about why he thinks his country's rules-busting budget is good for the economy. And it sort of went unpassed. A couple of people raised some murmurs, but we all finished. And then when we came out, we have Mark Rutter again of the Netherlands saying that he is very unhappy, he's worried and he's scared that the Italians are not taking their messages. And within an hour of sort of wrapping up that session, the European Commission have then sent a letter to Rome calling their budget plan unprecedentedly bad in terms of commitments that they made before. So it looks like we're going to end, the tail end of the summit is going to be a fight between headlines about Rome and about Brexit. 
And it's pretty unusual for the Commission to be taking as firm a position on this. It tends to be a story more of flexibility on budget rules in the past. Yeah. Why do you think they've done that? They are also using quite Brexit-like language and de-dramatising what's happened today. So the Commission has sort of taken the first step in a long process which could end up with Italy being sanctioned. So the first exchange of letters happened today. Rome has until Monday noon to reply. If they don't, and it's likely they'll stay defiant, then we escalate procedures, maybe ask them to rewrite the budget, and if then they're still defiant, we can end up in a long sanctions process. So on the one hand, we have very, very toughly worded letter, and on the other hand, everyone like Jean-Paul Juncker and Pierre Moscovici, who's running the show, is telling us all this is all technicalities. But I think the Italians know and the markets know that this is the start of something. And what did Jean-Claude Juncker mean when he said Italy is Italy? He famously quipped, I think in 2016, that France was given lots of sort of flexibility because it's France. And Italy had also been given lots of flexibility because it's Italy. I think the joke might get lost in translation in the more Eurosceptic corners of Rome's government. But it's all a waiting game over the weekend to see what happens. Right. And you can't end a summit like this with a bit of passing of Angela Merkel's words, and particularly on, on Brexit. It sounds like, from diplomats we were speaking to, that her intervention at the dinner on Wednesday night was probably the most interesting and not unusual, but in the fact that she started talking about the Irish backstop in a way that raised questions about the EU and the UK's approach, whether this was potentially heading to a place where a solution wasn't possible, and asking, actually, we should remember that if there is no solution, we're not going to have any backstop, no safety net for the Irish border to make sure that it remains open between Northern Ireland and the Irish Republic. Yeah, I think um, as one diplomat mentioned that Angela Merkel moves in mysterious ways and she sees things in her very scientific, almost chemist-like lens, which isn't always interpreted or shared by her other leaders. And I think most of these summits, a lot of the time, end up being about Merkel for various reasons, her domestic politics, whether she's still a strong leader, her relationship with Macron. But this one seems to be a quite a, a unilateral, putting a head above the parapet and telling both sides that we should try and get this done. But there's, it's always little Delphic, so it's always wise not to interpret too much into it. But Mahirin, thank you very much, and um, we'll be back again talking about Brexit, I'm sure. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more news features next week, but in the meantime, do take a look at our latest subscriber offer, which you can find at ft.com slash offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.